Hey, I'm Gretchen Bridgers of the Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the new normal of education. So, uh, of course, with this COVID-19 thing going on and, uh, you know, the uncertainties of, uh, of the world of education right now, uh, we just don't know where things are going to go and so going to be going. So, Stephanie, uh, what do you think the new normal for education is going to be? Well, I'm hoping we don't go back to normal because that really scares me, um, where teachers have been learning different things and then they just decide to go back. And honestly, like when we were told like, hey, we're gonna not go to school and it's COVID and like all that stuff, I was a little nervous because I was like, okay, right now it's just two weeks. So if we go back in two weeks, they're gonna go back to normal. And then it just kept expanding. And now I'm like, okay, maybe they are. Cause I think it says what, like it takes a month to learn a new habit. So I'm like, oh, I really hope these teachers have been learning some new skills, especially those that have been really scared to try new things because it's made them try those new things. And so I kind of think our new normal is going to hopefully be a little bit more flexible. I know we've got these class periods and teachers are like, I do this, 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 and this every single day. And I want them to be a little bit more flexible in their schedule and be more student centered of, okay, maybe it's okay if I allow all day and the kids work on a checklist and they flow between classes rather than having to switch every single 90 minutes and changing it up so they can do more project-based learning and it doesn't need to look like okay here's one class where they need to work all day with this topic um, also some students have really strived with this online learning so how can we continue it so those students can still have this opportunity and thrive in it like they've been thriving in lance yeah, so one of the things that I know that's coming out of this for, for us in our district is we are now going away from lesson plans because I think we finally figured out lesson plans aren't helpful for everyone. I'm not going to say anyone, but everyone. Uh, but we're going to now require that all teachers have an active Google Classroom and everything be posted in that Google Classroom. So, you know, the last, uh, last podcast we had, we talked about equity and access for all students. Uh, this is going to give students access to that content uh, as long as they have a device and an internet signal, whether they're at home or, or where they're at. Uh, we're also going to uh, to put in place uh, a remote learning specialist uh, that will work with the teachers one-on-one -on -one because as you were saying, Stephanie, there are some students that work fine from home. So why can't we continue to let them work from home? But also there, we're going to have some parents, whether we go back full-time or not, that are just not comfortable yet sending their, their child back to school. So we want to be able to provide them with the options of um, being able to stay at home but still educate uh, their children. And if that's how they truly feel, you know, that's okay. We can work with that. Uh, so I'm hoping, as you said, this is going to become the new normal for education. As we talked about again on the last podcast, we've kind of jumped ahead 15 years in education now. Uh, because of this. That's one of the good things that's hopefully going to come out of this. I just hope that we don't step back and fall back into, um, you know, our old trends uh, and then handicap our kids or kind of cut the legs out from under them with all the things that they have gained so far. And don't get me wrong, for some kids, this has not worked. And I understand that. 
Some kids need a physical building to go to. They need a place to be working at. Uh, and we need to provide that too. But I feel like that we're at the point right now in education that we can do both. Yeah, and I think too, teachers, like there's only one me. So I might be slower to get a response just because of the need. So they've been going out of their way to look up and Google things that they need answers to because they need to find it quickly where I might not be available because I'm teaching a webinar or I'm leading a session or I'm working on something else or I'm meeting with another teacher. So that's required them to kind of learn in a different way. That's not direct instruction. You know, you know, some other talks that we've had too, and, and I thought this was interesting. Well, what about at our buildings, if we had um, certain teachers that were remote learning teachers, that that was their job? Um, so just think about in your school district, let's say we've got kids that wanted to be remote learning uh, students, and maybe they only wanted to come to school one or two days a week and learn, or, you know, maybe not at all, depending on if they could keep up with everything. What about if you had a say in a district you had 15 teachers that that was their jobs they were the remote learning teachers uh and, and we did it that way i mean it's just some options that we're thinking about but i think the the good thing that's really going to come out of this is now we're looking at options before it was this is what we did this is how we've always done it and this is what we continue to do but now we see that this isn't going to work yeah and i think today's guest will hopefully help us with what the future will look like i feel like he's a fortune teller <laughs> all right so we got mr ben whitaker with us today he is uh from right outside of manchester uh uk uh like i told him before i don't have my uk uh, soccer jersey on today uh he's got all the google certifications uh he was a part of denmark 18. uh he's a school teacher uh, teaching digital marketing and previously taught religious studies, and he hosts his own podcast, The Edge of Futuristic. So, welcome to the show, Ben. Hi, Lance, Stephanie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah thanks for to... being here. And I think Lance pronounced your podcast wrong. That's all right. It's all right. It's my my own wife and children and mother can't say it either. Uh, it just it's just Edge of Futurists. Oh, it sounds so much better when you say it too with your accent. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Ben, what, what are you seeing right now as the new normal for education? So, um, the, 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 it's pretty exciting for, for those of us that are in, um, digital skills or, or, or technology or that, that level of education innovation. Um, and a conversation I had earlier today was this has probably been the best thing that could have happened for you and the development of digital skills. Now, I don't take lightly that this is this is a serious pandemic and and the people are losing their lives. And that's the most important thing in this, that we, we, we care for people and all that kind of thing. But what we've got to do is going to learn to what do we learn from this? What can we get from this and how can we use this for um, the betterment of everybody? Um, and. What's, what I found as the new normal is that we've moved to a, to a completely online learning platform at, at Burley College where I'm based, um, which is an FE college, so it's 16 to 19 year olds. Um, previously, I worked in an 11 to 18 school. But the normal that was, was that you would, students would come into a college, they would be sat in a room, that teacher would deliver something in that room. It might be innovative, it might be engaging, it might be tech, it might have uh, future skills all over it, or it might not. But that whole synchronous 
that it has to be at a certain time in a certain place um, and it's all one size fits all so there's this idea that um, there's an hours lesson and that lesson is is compulsory for your attendance if you don't meet that on your attendance then you get some kind of black mark against your name that's that's what what the old normal was the new normals changed that so we have still got google meet calls where there's a there's a teacher giving some instruction but um actually now there's a there's a blended approach so that sometimes it's it's synchronous sometimes the students can work at a time that works for them sometimes it's a um it's digital sometimes it's paper sometimes they are um they are doing a self-learning and this project-based learning and at other times it's quite directed towards exams but i think the most um interesting point for us in the uk is that we have been driven and I don't know where, where it sits like in, in the districts you guys are from, but it's been driven by exams and that the schools have become exam factories to get students to a grade. It used to be a grade C and now it's a grade four in uh, at GCSE. So when they're 16 years old, they've got to get this grade four. And if they get that grade four in English and maths, that's all that really matters because that will get them onto the next stage. But we've become exam factories and it's all been about compliance and about teachers learning to to teach students to be compliant which was set up for a very different time and a very different paradigm than than what we exist in now uh, with these slasher pe uh, people that have slasher jobs in terms of so there'll be a, a youtuber slash um digital marketer slash uh, influencer slash, so they'll have multiple jobs and they'll have to do multiple skills and we're, we're, we weren't set up for that so i think um, I'm seeing a little bit of a, a move towards that. And actually, the other thing from from my point of view is that I was, uh, they call me the Google guy at college, uh, which which I think is supposed to be affectionate. Um, but it, it's basically, if anybody needs any help with digital stuff, he's the man. If it's got a plug on it, it's his fault and he'll help you with it. So, um, sorry for my broad Lancashire accent as well. Um, I'm, I'm conscious when, I, when, when I'm speaking now that it, it, that it, it probably is really broad. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting that we've, I've become more of a, a problem solver. Uh, I'm having to go in and innovate in different situations. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what's happening where I am. Yeah, I really do think that COVID has, I mean, it's sad for what has happened, but it's also been very beneficial. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like in the last podcast, we were talking about gaps. Like what kind of learning gaps do you think students are going to have due to this? Or do you think they will? I think, I, th I think certainly the social gap that we, that, that we talk about this, because that's what I found students have, have, have missed. It's the fact that they enjoyed being with their friends. They also enjoyed being in college and seeing their teacher and having that camaraderie. I think there'll be that skill gap. But I think there has been a whole, there, there will be some, if it's, if it's on a knowledge curriculum and they've got to know 25 facts about um, marketing, then or these are the seven P's of marketing and you've got to know them off by heart. They might not know that knowledge, but the, the skill they've developed of being resilient, having to persevere with technology that's not working for them, the, 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 the ability to think on their own and, and manage their own time rather than living to a bell. Because I always think that's really interesting, that the bell was set up for factories. It was set up because in noisy looms, 
when looms were going on, they were set up so that that bell would go off so that people would know it was break time or lunchtime rather than um, people being autonomous and understanding that. And I think students are having to manage that. They're having to manage getting out of bed. Um, they're, having to, they're having to manage uh, their social media time. They're having to manage when it's learning time and when it's not. And I think, I think there's... Um, I think there's there's that element. There will there will be some gaps knowledge wise, but I think that'll be outweighed by the some of the skills that have been developed. Yeah, that's really interesting because I mean I know as teachers we're struggling with those building that like time management skills. Like we just can't stop or we just I don't know, like it's just so hard mm -hmm. at the evenings to unplug. And so that's such a huge skill and I'm so glad you did bring that up. Yeah. Well, one one question that I had for you, Ben. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of weighing on this and seeing surveying kind of. I feel like there's been too much emphasis put on synchronous learning right now, and we need to focus maybe more on asynchronous a little more than synchronous. Uh, and I'm looking at it a couple different ways. If a student needs redirection or needs reteaching or one-on-one -on -one time then I think that should be synchronous, of course, with the teacher. But if we're doing a whole group lesson or we need them to learn a new concept and take notes and do things like that, that doesn't have to be synchronous, right? It could be asynchronous. It could be a YouTube video, something like that that they watch. It, it really doesn't even have to be the teacher teaching that lesson. It could be someone else because I don't know about you guys, but most everything that I learn, I learn from YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I tell often when I do training sessions, so apologies if anybody's listened to this and they've been to a training session, people ask me, why, why did I use, start using Google tools? Why am, why am I passionate about technology? And, and, and it, it's come from two, um, two little epiphany moments, and it ties into what, what you're asking, Lance. Um, the first one was I was in a class um, full of year 13, so eight, 17, 18-year-old philosophy students. So I used to be an A-level philosophy and ethics religious studies teacher. And I, I, I got into the class and I was always very energetic and very enthusiastic. And I, and I stood in front of this class and I said, um, okay, everybody, we're going to learn about Kant's categorical imperative today. And I was trying to be as enthusiastic as you could be about Immanuel Kant. Um, it, it isn't particularly exciting if you've ever studied it. Um, but I, w I was like, this is what we're going to, we're going to talk about Kant's categorical imperative. And this, this boy put his hand up at the front, um, Harvey Bishop, I remember him, um, he doesn't mind me telling this story because I see him still now. He's a little bit older. And he said, um, he said, oh, Kant's categorical imperative. I know that's a deontological ethical theory. It's absolutist. And it's where you've got to treat people as a means to an end, uh, not as a means to an end, but an end in themselves. And you've got to universalize. And he literally spilled off the whole lesson that I was about to do. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah I watched the Crash Course Philosophy video on YouTube last night. He said, in fact, everything that you've done over the last few weeks, all the philosophies that you've talked about, I've watched it on this Crash Course Philosophy um, YouTube channel, and actually, you know what you're talking about, you're right. And I, just, I thought to myself, my job as a teacher has changed. It's not now me to be the font of all knowledge. I have to be pointing students in the direction of um, genuine, authentic learning, rather than, because there's so much out there that's nonsense, but you've, got to, you've kind of got to curate it, haven't you, for them, and help them find it, and, and, and then work with them. But then the second story is about my own children. I've got two young girls who are nine and five. And um, they, they, I used to often sit with a, with a pile of exam papers and I'd be marking them with a pen. We have to, in the UK, a lot of schools, you have to mark in green pen because red pen is aggressive. So you have to write in green pen and I'd write the same comments 
And one of my kids one day just said, it's a weekend. Dad, why, why, are, you, why are you always biking? And so I thought, I've got to find a different way. And I, and, I, and I found that actually our model of one hour here must be at this time on this timetable has restricted lots of things. Burnley College is where I am is growing exponentially. So last year we had 450 additional students than what we had the previous year. Uh, but we didn't have any more real estate. We didn't have any more classrooms and technology. We have a few more teachers, but we only have, still have a limited amount of space. So I, I come in and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit um, what's, uh, rebel sometimes, maybe innovative, might be the other word. And I'm saying, why, why are we expecting these students in the, in, in the building all the time? Why, why don't we do something slightly different? Why don't we record some webinars? Why don't we do masterclasses where there's big groups together and then set them off to go and work on a project? I think, it, I think there's, um, there's, a, there's a way to do that that, that allows it to, to, to be. What we also got to realise is that some students and, um, will, be, will have caring responsibilities or they'll have other responsibilities at home. And what that means is that they might not be best at their best at 9.30 on a Wednesday morning. It might be better at 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday night. In the UK now, it's half past 10 at night. I'm, I'm still wide awake. And I probably will still be wide awake for a few I, I, I could crack out some real good stuff now. But um, other time in the morning, um, I might not be my best. So, so actually, we should play to people's strengths, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah and just... I'm a morning person. So I get my stuff done in the morning where, you know, it's so true, though, like kids some of them aren't even awake when they get to school because um they don't they're not morning people so we really do need to think about that and i liked what you said about feedback because i love what catlin tucker says like great in front of the kid give them feedback in front of them so she's more like conference with them one-on-one so as you're doing that the other kids can be watching a video or doing something else because when you give feedback in front of a student and they can hear your voice and see you marking on their paper and talking to them about like, okay, this is how you correct it. And it's immediate. They're more likely to take that feedback and do something with it mm. rather than a day later. Oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And being just so you know, it's five thirty where Stephanie's at right now. And she's probably only about an hour from going to bed. So <laughs> yeah, she's, she's better in the morning, yeah. but I'm like you all. My mind, uh, we got to start this podcast at six thirty. is what I've learned from this. Lance. yes yes so she yeah uh, <laughs> no uh but you know i also like how you were talking about I, first off I, I like crash course and the things that, that they offer on there great things but just think about the the quality of the conversations and the collaboration that you can have amongst the students if they had pre if everyone had pre-watched yeah. that content and not just the one student you know the the conversations then that you could have with that i i think as well is that one of the things I heard from um, a great UK educator who's, who's been around for a long time is he's, he's a, he's a, a man called Bob Harrison. He, he said um, content has, has always been king um, in education for the last however many hundred years. You've got to get content into students' brains and then they've got to be able to regurgitate that in some way. Um, and it's all about content. And actually, that that content and the need for remembering facts and has gone by the invention of a search engine. I, I don't remember the last time I really went and looked in a book for something or went and asked somebody about something because the, the, what my wife's saying to me today, she, she, she asked me a question about, who, what was that guy called who was in that film? So I typed in the film and it, oh, it comes up because I, I Google it. 
no, nobody does that anymore where they, they search through encyclopedias or the, we, we don't have to remember facts. Um, Internet, change, Internet movie database. That's, that's where I go for, for all yeah. those things. So yeah. Stephanie, just, just a trick. If everybody giving you a hard time about movies and things like that, most things can be found on IMDb. I'm sure yeah. it can. I just don't have the time to look it up. There you go. <laughs> so I just allow them to get make fun of me. Um, so Ben, you have made me really excited for the future of education, and I really hope what you've kind of suggest comes true. Um, but let's go to something a little bit. I don't know. I guess you didn't do a meme. What is your quote this week, Ben? <laughs> uh, so I think it was only always right to um, speak about a UK. Um, Champion. So it's a quote from Winston Churchill, and and I, and I think I've actually found this in the work that I'm doing at the moment. It says, "If you find a job you love, you'll never work again." And I think I know that's uh, probably one that a lot of people use. But if you find a job that that you really enjoy doing, it, it, it's not work anymore. It's kind of a passion. And that I think those of us that are working with tech and helping people with digital skills, if it's your, if it's your, if your hobby, your passion, the thing you love, it, it's kind of not work anymore, is it? Yeah, I agree with that. And so mine is I work all day in the office and then I come home and work some more. Um, but it's so true. Like if that's your passion, you will put whatever you can towards it to help people and whatever your why is, move that forward. Lance? Yep. So should I quiz you today? No, because I have no idea. Let me go to what was the site again? I am DB. I am DB, Internet Movie Database. There you go. <laughs> All right. So anyways, uh, so, so mine is, uh, I've lost the, lost the sheet now. Uh, mine is, is a grumpy guy on a show. It's the office. Correct. And, uh, I think his name is Fred on the show. Uh, but is he's just really grumpy. I think so. Oh. I think so. I don't actually watch the office. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, but he's grumpy. Everything that he does, he's mad. Uh, but, but he's got his headphones on there and it says leaders, uh, Leaders of the Meme Podcast. So we like to talk about memes and things a lot on here. So I figured that we could be the leaders of that today. There you go. All right. Ben, what's something that you've learned today or this week that can be innovative for tomorrow? Um, so I think it's, it's more of a, of a happy thing, really. Um, it's the example of uh, I put never underestimate the, the power or the need for lifelong learning. So I was... My, my grandma, who is 84 years old, um, was, uh, unfortunately last weekend fell over and broke her hip. Um, so she's had to have an operation this weekend. Um, and so she used a Google Meet this week while she was in hospital to speak to all the family all at once. It's her first time ever. She's 84 years old and she worked it out all on her own. She downloaded the app. She had to follow instructions, but she had a video call. Now she was very, very close and uh, you could see all of her chins and the hairs on her chins as well. But uh, it, it was just lovely. Just the fact that even my grandma can learn at 84 years old, that was, uh, that, that was powerful. That's awesome. Um, so mine this week is from Tony Vincent and he shared on Twitter that you can make, force a copy. So you know how you take edit and you replace it with copy. You can also do this with comments, which I didn't know. And I don't use comments a whole lot because I use the force of copy a lot. So now I might have to use the comment feature because you just have to put the copy and then you write question mark and then copy comments. Lance? 
Yep. So the one I've got on here this week uh, is CurriculumPathways.com. Uh, they've got some content on there. They've actually got their own little LMS. Uh, what I mainly use it for is they've got an algebra curriculum on there. Uh, and I used to use it with my students all the time to get them ready for high stakes tests and taking tests online where they've got a type of equations and things in like that. So uh, they've got a great little algebra one curriculum on there. So I suggest check it out. There might be some stuff you can use there, free content. Awesome. Ben, how can people connect with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at It's Ben Whitaker. Just one team, Whitaker, or uh, check out our website www.edufuturist.com. Uh, we'd love to uh, to connect at some point. Our podcast is on all the um, usual channels: Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on YouTube. We'd love you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, thank you so much, Ben. And if you'd like to see any of those show notes, um, they are on getinspiredandinnovate.com where you can find Ben's information and all of the resources for this episode. Um, we look forward to talking to you next week.